Hey, Percy, do children whose parents are experiencing a cancer journey struggle with coping with this life-jolting challenge at their young age? Absolutely, Wayne, they do. Many children whose parents are battling cancer may have difficulties coping psychologically and emotionally. Cancer is most certainly a family disease that extends beyond just the impact of the patient. I think we should probably discuss this topic a bit further. Yeah, I agree. So coming up next, Pastor P and I will see if we can shed any useful light in supporting children whose parents have cancer. The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. This is Health, Hope, and Inspiration with Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. My name is Wayne Shepherd, and this conversation today is going gonna, gonna to help a lot of people. I'm just aware of that, Percy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, indeed. You know, we've, we've done a lot of shows about a lot of topics, you know, here, Wayne, but what we have not done is talked about the impact upon children mm-hmm. uh, who's part of the cancer continuum and conversation. And so today... We're going to dig into that and help people hopefully to have some idea of what, where, and how to respond to children whose parents are struggling with a cancer journey. Yeah, you've got some experience here to share with us and some information that comes from various sources. So we'll get into all that here in just a moment. But in the meantime, can we ask a question of our listeners? Do you know of any child whose parent had cancer And what were some of the challenges faced by that child? Mm. What were the challenges faced by that child? Would you take a moment and answer that question for us at our website? We have a great website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. A lot of people are making use of this for resourcing and various means. So uh, go to healthhopeandinspiration.com. And then at the top of the page, click on Connect. And then that will drop down to answer a question, and you can easily type in your response. Do you know of any child whose parent had cancer and what were some of their challenges? This will be very meaningful and helpful to uh, to all of us who are listening here today. We love asking these questions, Percy, because we learn from them as well. We do, and we want to elicit feedback. We want you to know that we also want to hear from you as we continue to engage and elongate this discussion and conversation. And so with that, uh, we want to read a response from a previously asked question on a previous show Uh, And the question was, how did or does your faith make a difference to you in your cancer journey? And the response that we're reading now came from Battle Creek, Michigan. And the answer is this, faith is what I hold on to and don't know how people without faith get through. I still struggle and have my dark days, but I am so aware that God is here with me and carrying me through this journey. Yeah, it's so meaningful to hear. And You know, the other thing that happens when people take the time to answer these questions, it gives us ideas for topics that we can address here in the podcast. That is correct. And so we've been stimulated, quite frankly, by by many responses in that regard uh, to explore those uh, conversations and those subject matters. And so we'll continue to do so. So please reach out to us and send us your responses and let us know what you're thinking. And it provides a 
you know, the ability for us to continue to extend discussions and conversations uh, to you that'll be beneficial. Thank you so much. Another feature of the website is our free resource, Blessed Are the Children. And we'll talk more about that in a few moments, but you can download it and look at it now. Blessed Are the Children at healthhopeandinspiration.com. With hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, and Phoenix, Cancer Treatment Centers of America is a national oncology network of hospitals and outpatient care centers offering an integrated approach that combines surgery, radiation, chemotherapy, immunotherapy, and advancements in precision medicine with supportive therapies to manage side effects and enhance quality of life during treatment and into survivorship. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. I hope you'll visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com. And when you do, click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America or contact a member of their team with questions you may have about your treatment options by simply calling 866-712-HOPE. That's 866-712-HOPE. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses a patient-centered approach and a wide range of technologies and techniques to deliver advancements in precision medicine with supportive therapies like spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Well, Percy, as we get into our topic here today of how cancer in parents affects their children, uh, this idea came to you in the middle of the night. Were you telling me about this? Yeah, I was I was up meditating. I tend to be a night owl anyway. Do you? And yeah, I do. I I, I don't sleep much at night. Maybe about four hours. Oh. Uh, uh, but I I have the most clarity of thought is late in the evening where the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where the Lord can just speak to me, and and I was inspired around the idea of well, what about the kids whose parents have cancer? Mm-hmm. Uh, what do we do for them? How do we react to them? And the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, they are being impacted and struggling just as much as anyone else yeah. in looking at and watching their parents. And so uh, I just took a pen out and start writing and, and some things came to me. And then I did some research that I thought would be really beneficial that we should share. So having said that. Yeah, let's go to scripture first. Yeah, let's do that. So uh, our foundational um, school of thought here, our spiritual nugget is found in Mark 10. Uh, 14 and 16, and it reads as follows. But when Jesus saw this, he was indignant and told them, let the little children come to me. Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, anyone who does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter in it. Mm. And he took the children, verse 16 is our operative verse, and he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them, and blessed them. What a precious scene, huh? Yeah, yeah. And and it speaks very profoundly to the, to the notion of the fact that, number one, um, you know, among the multitudes of people that Jesus ministered to, amazingly, he made time to give attention to the children of the day. Yeah. And therefore... We should conclude uh, that children need the touch and demonstration of the love of God in their lives, just like adults do during uh, moments of crisis. Mm -hmm. And so here's the school of thought. So I want to frame it first with the natural, then we'll come back with the spiritual. Okay. Um, According to the American Cancer Society, Wayne, about 80,000 young adults aged 20 to 39 are diagnosed with cancer each year in the U.S., which is about 5% of all cancers and people in this age range. And so, you know, the question needs to be raised or should be raised. 
Uh, you know, and the thought is this at the end of the day, uh, what happens mentally and emotionally to the number of children who are greatly impacted or potentially greatly impacted uh, by the prospect of their parents having cancer? That's that's, I think, the starting point for us here in this discussion. OK, I have two key points I think that we should highlight and cover as a path forward with this discussion First is God instructs us to rally our resources with one another or to be present. Mm -hmm. And we hear that a lot in our current culture that you need to be present. You need, you know, husbands and wives be present with each other, you know, be present for your children. And so Romans, the 15th chapter, verse one and three helps to establish this, that we who are strong ought to bear with the feelings or failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. And that each of us should please our neighbors for their good to build them up. We need to be present, and we've been commanded to be present uh, as believers, as members of the body of Christ. So we should be prepared and equipped to bear up our children also during their times of weakness and struggle. And then the second uh, component or second point that we want to cover and, then, and provide some practical insight and information to is God calls us to use wisdom in all things. Mm. So we're supposed to bear up uh, one another when they are weak. And those of us who are strong, we should be present for them. But then we need to have some wisdom and how to do that and, and ways to exercise that. And so Proverbs 1, 4 and 5 tells us to impart prudence to the simple and knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and gain instruction and the discerning acquire wise counsel. That's what we want to do and try to unpack some practical applications with regard to how do we uh, take up our children, put our hands on them, if you will, mm -hmm. and then bless them who are dealing with and working through the process of their parents being stricken with cancer. At pretty the clear, pretty clear to us what we need to be doing. We will talk more about it, but let me pause because uh, I, uh, I envision people scratching down some notes right now. In addition to mm. that, I'm sure this resource that you're offering to us, free of charge, by the way, Blessed Are the Children, uh, contains much of what we'll talk about here today. That is absolutely correct. And so the, the, that downloadable document is going to provide much of this information as well as resources to access so that uh, anyone who may be engaged with children connected to families who have children with cancer will have a resource the, and, the, and the ability to have some very practical things to consider and to utilize and to exercise uh, when facing the dynamics of individuals uh, and their children who are struggling with cancer. So it'll be a very simple kind of step through document that will allow people to have very practical information that they can consider to utilize in those scenarios and situations. Thank you for making this available. Thank you for putting this together and then making it available to all of us and free of charge at the yes, website. Sir. Blessed are the children. You can download it right now at healthhopeandinspiration.com. All right, let's talk about these practical things. Well, let's, let's start with some things, again, uh, that we need to consider when laying hands on and blessing the children. In other words, laying hands on in this particular sense is when we are handling or we are involved with children. And of course, we live in a day and age and culture that there's a lot of conversation in the marketplace and in the, in the public square of, you know, what's going on with our kids at school? What's yeah. going on with our kids in the community? You know, et cetera, et cetera. 
But we found out through scripture that Jesus basically told the disciples, hey, do not forsake the children to come to me, Mm -hmm. that there is a point and an emphasis that he made that we need to understand that they need to be embraced and handled so that they can be blessed. And so when we use that language, it's in reference to that. But let's start. First of all, let me say as a disclaimer, many of the discussed points that will be shared here at this point have come from the American Cancer Society's website. Okay. And uh, and there's a plethora of information there, and uh, you need to access that so that you can really get further beyond what we can provide and present uh, during our short time here. But let's start with a couple of things that we can hopefully work through, Wayne. Number one, uh, according to the American Cancer Society, we need to remember and understand that it is impossible to keep a secret like cancer away from your children. Hmm. And I think that there's been a tendency for people to try to keep that quiet and to maintain silence around that. And you and I have had this discussion even with regard to people in ministry and in public pulpit access that sometimes the decision was made not to talk about that and to keep that quiet. And and according to the American Cancer Society, they said that kids tend to be afraid and believe the worst if they haven't been given complete information about their parents having cancer. Of course, this needs to be adjusted and age appropriate, but but the point is very important, isn't it? We, we, we shouldn't try to protect their innocence at the expense of keeping a secret from them. That is correct. And, and, and some bullet points further down also will speak to that dynamic okay. with regard to understanding the, okay. the age appropriateness of your children, All obviously. Right. But a yeah, very good point. So it says that if children hear about their parents' cancer from someone else, like a neighbor or classmate, it could destroy the trust that parents have worked to build, and they may find it hard to know when they are being told the truth. So be honest with your children. Interesting Mm. school of thought. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I have a thought to add to that. This is not according to the American Cancer Society, but, you know, personally, I can recall of of several scenarios, and one in particular of uh, where I have known of kids and children, particularly teens, who resented later on not being told the truth, especially if that parent had passed away. Oh, goodness. And so due to their cancer journey and struggled with major anger and for unforgiveness mm-hmm. issues. And so uh, understand that, again, our kids are human, but they have personalities. They have emotional dynamics about them. And again, they can they can take that on as a personal affront of why did you not tell me or why did you not share that information with me? And then in losing a parent and then finding out about that later, that child grew up very angry, very uh, upset, and basically not willing to forgive anyone because, again, no one trusted enough to believe in that that child enough to say, here's what happened and here's why it happened. And so we need to re-remember that and, and understand uh, hiding that and keeping that a secret may not necessarily be in the best interest of, of a child. Yeah, think ahead to the consequences of withholding this information. Yeah, uh, yeah. That, that's so important. All right, another suggestion or guideline. Uh, again, according to the American Cancer Society, it's better that parents learn how to share this information truthfully and in a way that allows the child to understand and take part in the discussion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I once spoke with a child therapist who also told me that not to overload kids with complicated medical jargon, but provide truthful generalities that they are able to basically uh, understand and digest. And this goes back to the first point. We need to be mindful of the age of the child. Of course. 
and how much information they can actually absorb. But then that's where we have to become mindful and creative in how we may present that information, but not presenting the information is basically not the correct option. It's just adjusting yeah. how we present that information that they're able to understand and digest and process. And so uh, I had a parent that, you know, basically uh, just simply, you know, gave their kid everything and 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 just overloaded this kid's head and they just couldn't handle it. And so then they and then they shut down on the entire process and that created a, also a negative expression from them because it was too much information to absorb. So we have to counterbalance that in terms of the amount and the methodology of of how that is presented based upon the age appropriateness, the personality type of your child, and then be able to adjust that accordingly. Well, what does the American Cancer Society say are the consequences of keeping all this a secret from kids? Well, it's interesting at the end of the day, uh, you know, if the conversation is kept secret, the child may assume that whatever is happening is too terrible to talk about and that it may make them feel isolated or shut out from the family which is the last thing that I think any parent would want a child to feel or experience that they've been set outside of the, you know, that the circle of the group. And, and so then there's a sense of isolation. No one's talking to me. No one is sitting down kind of helping me to work through this. That also could have a, uh, an emotional, uh, you know, is psychological impact upon a child that then they, they're left up to their own interpretation. They create their own narrative. They begin to run off in a direction with a school of thought because they basically have left, they've been left out outside of the discussion and they feel isolated by that experience. Now, each family is going to have to consider how much information to share. Of course, we understand this needs to be appropriate to age, as we've already said a couple of times, but what are some other considerations? Well, again, according to the American Cancer Society, it said that kids should also know in advance the kinds of side effects, side effects that cancer treatment might cause and the ways that their daily lives may change. And the principle here is, is that children uh, are used to and uh, being given a kind of a construct of consistency of what happens and how they go about things. And we know that cancer can change the normality of the day-to-day activity that then has impact upon individuals around them. And so helping to share the possible side effects that may come as a result of a cancer journey by the parent then helps to kind of prepare the child not to be thrown into a tailspin. Mm-hmm. If for whatever reason, for example, mom is used to you know taking the kids to school, but then she may not be able to do that. And then all of a sudden somebody else is having to take the kid to school that's throwing their normal rhythm yeah. and pace that's and cadence thing, off. Right. Yeah. It, it is it's huge because children love and want and need structure and so when we when we flip that around without giving them the ability to kind of understand that possibility uh, we may throw them into a tailspin that they may struggle. And every kid is different. Uh, and, and this is where the parents, uh, you know, wisdom and uh, the Lord's going to help them by guiding what to say and when to say and how much to say. But each child is going to be different and respond differently. That is correct. So we need to remember again, and you made the point earlier and you were right on point, uh, Wayne, we need to first consider a child's age. We need to consider their personality. We need to consider the relationship to the pa- to the parent and how information is presented uh, that, are, that can be some factors that can influence how that child will react 
and or respond. So we've got to understand the, the summation of that is you have a unique person here. They're just, they may just be a, a smaller version of you, but they're unique in all of their ways and they have to be uh, communicated with based upon those unique dynamics of, of, of their personage. And that's really critical and it's really important because ch all children are different. Anyone who has more than one child knows at the end of the day, you may have to approach one child one way, <laughs> but that may not work for the other child no. based upon, again, age, yep. personality, temperament. And there may be a third and a fourth and a fifth way, <laughs> as, <laughs> as we Correct. learned as parents, right? Absolutely. Uh, all right. Well, we'll continue in just a moment. We're talking about uh, helping children of cancer patients face unique challenges here today with Percy McRae. If you are concerned that you or someone you love may have cancer, consider reaching out to Cancer Treatment Centers of America for personalized diagnostic services. Cancer Treatment Centers of America is a national oncology network of hospitals and outpatient care centers that treats the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Or contact a member of the team with questions about your diagnostic and treatment options. The number is 866-712-HOPE. That's 866-712-HOPE. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses a patient-centered approach and a wide range of technologies and techniques to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. And don't forget that website is also your source for a free download of Blessed Are the Children with uh, much of what we're talking about today. So download this right now at our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. Percy, continue on. This is so helpful to all of us who are concerned for our children. Yeah, the next speaking point that I think is important, again, according to the American Cancer Society, is think and consider of ways children may communicate their feelings. Because we, we now have to understand the dynamic that once they begin to get exposed to this conversation, this school of thought, that there may be very different ways that they communicate what they're seeing and feeling. And so with that, for example, uh, fighting at home or at school may be indicative of a type yeah. of communication. Uh, grades at school beginning to drop or is expressed in their play or through drawing or coloring. Be sensitive so to this. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. So there, it may not necessarily be a verbal communication, but there may be actions and acts that may communicate what is going on inside of them that should not just be taken for granted. And every parent basically knows the, the behavior pattern of their children. And so when you begin to notice different elements of expression that may be a little different or out of character, it could very well be a, a form of a nonverbal communication and reaction to what they're seeing, what they're feeling, and what they're experiencing. And so we need to be mindful of that at the end of the yeah, day. Yeah, children, even young children may come up with this question that's probably on their mind, are you going to die, mom or dad? So according to the American Cancer Society, uh, the question of that needs to be answered, even if it's not asked. And I thought that this was very enlightening to me. Hmm. Even if the child doesn't ask the question, according to uh, uh, ACS, they say that this question needs to be addressed with children. And so this should be uh, obviously thought through and they recommend rehearsed. So we need to give thought to it okay. and rehearse how we would like to answer and respond to that, that this is obviously a hard question for kids to ask and that they may never, ever have the courage to actually ask outright. 
And so uh, I can share an experience that um, I actually counseled uh, a mom who came to me with her husband. I had built this great rapport with them. And she asked me about this very issue. She was in the, the last latter stages of, of what we call, you know, end of life and et cetera. She made the decision not to continue anymore with her treatment, that she had had enough and that the, she had come to the conclusion that she was, this was the end of the journey uh, in, in this natural life. And she wanted thoughts around, should I sit down and tell my child about the fact that, you know, clinically I am probably going to die. And it was one of the most gut-wrenching conversations that I ever had. Mm. And I had the wisdom of the Lord to say that, yeah, you need to, you, you need to have that conversation with your son. He needs to hear that from you, his mom, and he would not want to hear that from a stranger or from another person. And again, going back to an earlier point that he may grow to resent the fact that you did not tell him that, Mm. that you did not unpack that with him. And uh, it was a very teary and emotional moment of having to come to terms with how to unpack that conversation and discussion. As a matter of fact, yeah, the American Cancer Society on their website, they give some types of ways to actually have this conversation and scenarios that one can maybe try to formulate uh, the ability to, to communicate this and share this with your children. Well, I can only imagine what that's like for parents, but uh, for the sake of the child, we have to face it, don't we? We do, because again, uh, ultimately at the end of the day, even though that obviously is going to be a very difficult conversation for them to hear and have, uh, you are affording them the right to, to hear that and to hear that from you. And I think that potentially later on down the line, they, they will have a better opportunity for closure, uh, to grieve and to bereave, obviously, but but to say that, listen, I had that conversation with my mom, mm-hmm. that we had that moment together, I think is going to be extremely important. And I'll tell you this, uh, my, my mother-in-law passed away about uh, almost a year ago, a year and a half ago now, and uh, my wife did not have the opportunity to say goodbye to her mom. Mm-hmm. And she still to this day struggles with the fact yeah. that I did not have the opportunity to have that 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 conversation with my mom and she was just taken from me and this is a full grown you know woman sure. of 40 plus years so yeah i, I, think I know it's what important. that's like as well yeah yeah so it's 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 a, it's an important dynamic that i think we need to be mindful of and there is the potential of ways that that conversation can be handled even though it would be extremely difficult and let's face it kids are going to ask you know what is this What's this going to change in me? What What's going to be different for me? What's going to happen to me if, if something happens to you? Yeah, so the American Cancer Society actually addresses that. And, and it's interesting. They said that the most important issue with children of any age is their sense of security and safety. And so children need to know that there is a plan that they will be cared for no matter what happens. So, again, this is going to require some thought, obviously. And, and the ability to react and respond and then to present uh, a concept to your child that, you know, if mom or dad is no longer here, uh, we have put some things in place to make sure that you are going to be okay. Children need to hear that and children uh, need to have that reinforced in their lives. And so it is encouraged uh, that that also is a conversation that is held with children under these circumstances. Yeah. What are your thoughts about maintaining some semblance of routine in the child's life when a, a parent is going through a cancer journey? 
Well, yeah, again, because children, you know, uh, especially younger children, according to the American Cancer Society, says that they thrive on routine and predictability. And so this is uh, there is value, obviously, in preparing for certain changes in the routine of the home and then communicating those changes uh, to your children. And so uh, we should not just allow them to kind of be whiplashed into some type of sudden uh, adjustment that changes within the framework of movement within the the, the the unit of the family experience and as much as possible to try to be in front of and to provide some transition, if you will, for preparation for children to be better prepared for if and when things change and there needs to be some difference of approach with day-to-day activities and routines that they have been accustomed to. The American Cancer Society suggests strongly uh, that there is some discussion with your children as much as possible around that. Well, I wish we didn't have to talk about this, but uh, if it comes to uh, end of the life stage for the parent, what advice for children? Well, you know, it's, again, it kind of goes back to a previous comment that, you know, uh, children should be allowed, you know, the ability to say goodbye to their parent and and to have a moment uh, because they will remember and they'll cherish and they'll hold on to uh, that moment. And again, as expressed earlier with regard to the experience of my wife, she did not have that that opportunity, and and she and she dwells on that. Or she doesn't dwell on it, but she thinks about that mm-hmm. that she did not have the opportunity. Uh, to say goodbye to her mom and or to hear her mom even say goodbye to her or to be with her uh, in that transition. And so uh, the thought here is as difficult and as painful as that will be, uh, that children should be allowed the opportunity to say goodbye to their parent yeah. if possible. Uh, and it's one of the things that, you know, as an overnight emergency call chaplain for many years, Uh, I can recall being called in the middle of the night saying, we need you here to be at the bedside of a family uh, that we've just had to call uh, to tell them that, you know, it looks like this may be hours before their loved one may may transition. And if you'd like to say goodbye, this is now the time for you to come up and do Mm -hmm. so. Uh, And I've been at many bedside scenarios where I've had to help family members do just that to say goodbye to their loved ones. And often they would have their children there to do the same, to grant them that experience as much as it is difficult to do. Yeah. There's a couple of major things we still need to talk about here, so we're going to take the time to do it. But if if, if the parent does pass away, now again, we're dealing with you know children in general, and it's it needs to be age-specific, but what advice do you as a pastor have for communicating to children when, they're, when their parent dies? Well, it, and it's the same message that we basically share with one another as adults when we uh, eulogize and, and have celebrations of homecomings, is that one of the things to help counter the human experience of sorrow and grief and loss is to be reminded around the spiritual principle as a Christian and as a believer that, you know, we share the message of eternal life, obviously, and the and the fact that Uh, that our dearly departed is now in the presence of God and that there is going to be a great reunion one day, that we're going to be joined back together. Uh, I believe it's 1 Thessalonians that says that, you know, comfort one another with these words, that we should not sorrow as one without hope, that we will see our loved one again, that we are going to stand with them in the presence of God. But right now, uh, mom and dad is in the presence of the Lord. 
that they're in the hands of the creator, that there is no more pain or sorrow or sickness and disease, and that we can try to reassure ourselves and comfort ourselves and also our children with that principle. And again, uh, there's still going to be grief and, and loss, but it helps to buffer that potentially and allow uh, that child to have something else to counter uh, that emotional vacuum that they're experiencing of mom and dad not being there, that they're in the presence of the Lord, that yeah. they're in the presence of, of of our Heavenly Father, and that yeah. we are going to be rejoined with them and see them again. That's very yeah. appropriate as, as believers for us to be able to try to counter the experience as much as possible or buffer that emotional experience with that spiritual uh, precept and concept. In your experience, uh, when do we know it's time to uh, seek professional counseling, if you will, a licensed family therapist to talk with our children? You know, it's interesting. The American Cancer Society also has quite a bit to say about this. And the big takeaway is, is that uh, first and foremost, that we should consider and be mindful of if we get to a point where we have exhausted our ability to manage behavioral changes, uh, attitudinal changes in our children, that we're not able to manage or help them kind of work through and still have some sense of semblance of a day-to-day normalcy, that it may be then time and opportunity to consider uh, seeking a family therapist or counseling for our children that may help them. And again, being bearing in mind their age, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but there, there may come a point and a time that we just simply realize uh, that, you know, we're over our head, that we've exhausted, you know, the limitations of what we can say and do. Uh, and then to know that their child, because uh, no one knows their child better than a parent, that there is, you know, safety, yes. according to the word of God, in a multitude of counsel. Yes. And that there may be now uh, time for us to seek out some additional support that may be of help. And they're, again, looking for a licensed family therapist and hopefully a Christian licensed family therapist that may be able to help aid and assist in stepping them through and providing additional support for our children. Uh, but that's all predicated on understanding and knowing your child and mm-hmm. what, what limitations you think you may have reached with the ability to help them work through their moments of, of uh, struggle and anxiety. Just one more question for you, Percy. If the child, if the parent is not available to talk to the child about these things, who should be the one This is a great question because uh, there may be individuals who may be called upon because one of the things that may certainly happen with the parent is that because of the mental, uh, emotional, and maybe even physical rigors of treatment, they may simply not be able to to manage the normal parent-child engagement and relationship. Uh, that then there may be, you know, surrogate people that may have to be brought upon the scene. And of course, that needs to be predicated upon the family's consent and who's who who who, who can be trusted, obviously, with yeah. that child. Uh, you know, that could that could be a whole host of people that could be uh, aunts, uncles, grandparents. Uh, it may even, you know, extend into other areas of relationships of non-family related members, but who are very close to the family and very close to the children that understand and know them. I think what is important is what is the relationship between the child and that other person who may not necessarily be the direct parent. And as a disclaimer, uh, you know, we should understand and everyone should understand that they should first receive permission from the parent and mm-hmm. or and or parents when possible of course uh, yeah 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 to employ any of these suggested schools of thought 
no matter how well intended, having everyone on the same page uh, then becomes crucial in creating a circle of trust for all parties involved, including the child that's going to be at the center of that focus of emphasis and yeah. care. Yeah. And so it's a lot to process. It and it's is. a lot to consider. But you've you've uh, treated this so thoroughly for us here today. Of course, there's much more that could be said, and uh, perhaps we can deal with this again in the future on a program. But in the meantime, why don't you go to our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com, download Blessed Are the Children for more on this topic, such a vital topic. And Percy, thank you for for your, your uh, information to us here today. Very, very helpful. Well, thank you to the Holy Spirit that kind of provoked me and prodded me to say, we need to say yep. something about yep. this because we've, we've never ad- addressed this in any way. And so uh, feel free to visit the American Cancer Society's webpage, uh, Helping Children When a Family Member Has Cancer. There's so much more information that can be accessed there that we couldn't cover in this limited amount of time. But we just simply need to be reminded of Mark 10, 14, you know, and 16 that basically tells us that Jesus instructed the disciples to suffer the little children to come unto him. And when they came, he laid his hands on them and that then he blessed them accordingly. Children are a heritage from the Lord. Psalms 127.3 tells us, and those of them whose parents have cancer will need someone to receive and handle them accordingly. And if done effectively, can ultimately be a blessing by providing presence, time, and resources during a crucial and difficult period in their young, precious lives. And we have to be accountable and ready to respond to them. So um, thank God that we we have some information that we can draw upon, yeah. some wisdom. Yeah. Help us, Lord Jesus. Percy, thank you. God bless. Um, More information at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Brother, I look forward to our next conversation. Thank you, Wayne. And again, we're praying for all of the children and all of the families out there. Remember, you're not alone. And that ultimately, we are reminded at the end of the day that we have the comforter, the Holy Spirit, that will lead us and guide us into all truth, even in the most difficult of moments. So be encouraged. And remember, we've got work to do. So Mm -hmm. please keep chopping the wood. We will. You've been listening to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Health, Hope, and Inspiration is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, and Phoenix take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored to each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.